The Enneagram of Personality Podcast with Logan Jones is a part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Alrighty, friends. So this episode is all about Enneagram Type 2. It's my type. I'm an Enneagram Type 2 as well, so all of you Enneagram Type 2s out there, I feel you. This is really about talking to each other in a way that is seeking to help minimize the suffering that we live with every single day. A lot of it is self-imposed. Of course, not all of it, but a lot of it. Some might even argue most of it. From the faith tradition that I come from, which is one that tries to follow Jesus and his words and his examples, he gives us two visions of the world. What do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? The truth is I'm acting out my imagination. I'm acting out who I think I am and what I think God's like and what I think the world's like. Something that's really, really crucial here, if you'll allow me, is to introduce some of Jesus's words where he sort of elucidates these two different visions that really cannot coexist. It's from the gospel according to Matthew uh, in chapter 6, verse 24. And uh, Jesus, he says it this way, None of us, no human, can serve two masters. For either she will hate the one and love the other, or she'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, of course, Jesus was suspicious of the pursuit of wealth or the love of wealth. And of course, that's a, a really strong statement that he's making there. But it's really important that you recognize he's, he's not making us choose between God and pleasure or God and power or God and security or God and sex or God and anything else, just God and the love of money, wealth. Why? Well, to be honest, I don't really know, but my best guess is the first rule of economics, supply and demand. If someone knows only one principle of economics, here's what she knows, supply and demand. (laughs) And supply and demand in turn presupposes a scarcity of goods. Okay, here's why this is so important. Economics and our Enneagram styles have this in common, says Clarence Thompson in the book that I am using and anchoring all this in. Here's what he says. They presuppose a world in which there isn't enough of whatever it is that I want. Huh, do you see that? So our Enneagram style is a style in which we have to work terribly hard to get what we're utterly devoted to because there's not enough to go around. There's not enough power to go around. So I've got to get it and hoard it and wield it over other people. There's not enough security to go around. So I have to be extra careful and make sure and have extra locks on my doors and security systems and and, because there's not enough to go around. There's not enough ambition or attention to go around. So I have to make sure that I secure it for myself. And if I don't, well, it's my fault. And the love of that kind of hoarding of something, 
is what Jesus is pointing to. That cannot coexist with the love of God. God, according to Jesus's vision, is a God of abundance, not scarcity. So the economics of supply and demand don't work in the world vision that Jesus is wanting us to adopt. Now you might say, wait a minute, that's, wait, I need to think about that. And you would be right, you do. He's offering a different way of perceiving what is real. He is basically saying that God is acting and God is the father of all of us. We're all children of this creator God. And God is trying to be the best parent to all of us. And there are things that are happening, but we need to always remember to love this kind of parent that is nurturing us like a mother, caring for us like a father, a proud parent, and put that love above our love of hoarding resources based on a supply and demand economics. So the economics of the power and presence of God or the reign of God or the kingdom of God is all about recognizing and seeing this world that he sees as coming from his father, his Abba. So whatever comes is just what should be. Jesus is not naive, y'all, but he is a mystic. He's basically letting us know we cannot operate from a viewpoint of scarcity and one of abundance at the same time. The reason you can't serve God and the love of wealth is that the worldviews of abundance and scarcity simply cannot coexist. So as we move forward, type twos, I just want you to know this. We're going to be exploring this a little bit. But the reason the parables of Jesus are so confounding to most of us and so confusing sometimes is because they're descriptions of his imagination, his inner world, and it's flooded with the power and presence of his Abba, his Father, the divine parent that is with us and that is here and for us maybe not giving us exactly what we want in every moment or every instance, but perhaps giving us exactly what is needed for what is to come. One might say a world without an Enneagram flaw is the way Clarence Thompson reminds us. So Jesus in his parables is giving us a vision of the way he sees the world that is beyond personality, beyond your personality type. So that's why I think it's so worthy of listening to and why it, by definition, is good and news. So Enneagram Type 2s, here we go. This is the good news for us, according to Jesus. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. 
Well, good day to you. It's Joel with Viking Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. So Jesus went from village to village, and he was speaking to people in parables. And in the gospel according to Matthew, we see recorded that when Jesus was preaching the gospel, the good news, he spoke in parables. And he was doing that because as effective as Jesus was in getting everyone's attention and bringing about conversion or hostility, <laughs> It seems that parables were an especially fine literary form to choose and a way of speaking that he chose. In the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 13, we see very clearly in Jesus' own words, him telling us why he does so. Here's what he says. This is why to them I speak in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So it seems that he's speaking in parables because of the inability of his listeners to hear or see or because of their snap judgment to understand. What could he have meant by that? You know, I'm curious, just like you. My approach in this podcast is some things are taught and some things are caught. And it's my assumption that Enneagram type and the teaching of what your type is, is something that is caught more than taught. Of course, you can learn a lot about it and people can teach you information, but it's beyond that. It's about formation. It's what's formed you. What is informing you is important, but this is about formation, how you have been formed and about transformation. You know, about how the power and presence of God right here, right now, available to everyone, ordinary human beings, to us all, available for transformation. And it's working with your formation, you know? So now the parable from Jesus. If you'll allow me, I'll read from Luke chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. Jesus here, he's addressing another Enneagram type 2 compulsion, another side of the compulsion, when it says, he also said to the man who had invited him, When you give the dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your kinsmen or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return, and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you. When one of those who sat at the table with him heard this, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. <laughs> Do you notice it? That's just the advice, right? That we want to hear as type twos. Don't do anything that will prompt others to give back to you. We Enneagram type twos 
if we're honest, should perceive this as a frontal attack. Because if we take this literally, then how are we supposed to behave if we follow your wisdom, Jesus? Should we eat only with those people who are not our friends? Imagine your joy at being invited, you know? And besides, if you did need a meal, you couldn't go eat out with your friends and family? Is this going to work? Think about it. Really quickly, let me remind us, Jesus is not giving advice. He is introducing a different worldview that is running counter to the worldview of scarcity. He's inviting us into the world of abundance, which he says the kingdom of God is. This place where you don't earn it, you don't earn the love, but you have to receive it. And when you receive it, you're invited into this way of being that is way more awake than you were before you recognized it. And then, having recognized it, you can live in it now. And that will transform you into a new way, a humble way of being able to receive from other people, letting them give to you something that you desperately need. And then getting used to that, maybe even one day asking for these needs that you can now be honest about in this new economy, in this power and presence of, of God, where it's okay to ask and it's okay to receive. And it's not threatening to be that way. So my fellow Enneatype 2s, so what? What can I do? I'm an Enneagram Type 2. What can I do? I hear you. Just like you. I'm the same way. Thanks to Clarence Thompson, who has three really neat things that he shares in his book that, again, we're anchoring all of this in. What can a 2 do? Well, Mr. Thompson says, Number one, do several small but symbolic things for people that nobody will find out that you are responsible for. Not letting your left hand know what your right hand does. Notice all the ways you think of to tell that person what you've secretly done. You will be highly creative and probably fantasize about the person finding out and thanking you profusely. Can you let go of even that? <laughs> Number two, spend as much time as you can in solitary prayer solitude for several several weeks he says that might be a little much right but find some intentional time of solitude in solitary and see what arises and stay with it twos feel a lot of pressure from others so to find out your inner truth you'll need solitude away from that pressure away from the presence of others number three and last but not least, make two lists of people. Those who drain your energy and those who give you energy. Now make some decisions about time and friendship. And then read a gospel. And notice how Jesus corrects and corrected the wrong notions 
about his identity and how he drew that identity from his own sense of living in the power and presence of his heavenly father, his proud parent, his Abba, the one who nurtured him, cares for him, and is giving him what he needs for what is to come. My friend, my prayer is for you as an Enneagram type two, that you would recognize that your needs are not a problem and that you are wanted and you are loved and that that can't be earned and that it's okay for you to give and to receive. In the tradition of my beloved mentor and pastor, Sammy, Sammy Williams, live simply, love generously, speak truthfully, serve faithfully, leave everything else to God. Go in peace. The Enneagram of Personality is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you just listened to, would you take a second to leave us a review in your favorite podcast app? It really does help new listeners find us. You can find more about Logan Jones by visiting his site, loganjonescoaching.com. This podcast is produced by me, Kelly Givens, and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thank you to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more faith-affirming podcasts, just visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project Podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word Kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.